Okay, this is just me. Okay, episode, I'm not sure. Uh, and we are rolling. Hello. Hello. We're back. <laughs> We're back. We're excited to talk to you, but me and Dana have been attached at the hip like all week. Yeah, it's been a crazy few weeks, honestly, yeah. <laughs> but we made it, we survived, we're out here, ready for whatever's to come. Yeah, speaking of busy weeks, this episode is going to be something very relevant because a lot of our listeners are our friends we've made during our work lives. Before we jump into the episode, how are you doing? Where's your head at this week? Like, tell, tell yeah. our listeners what is up with you? Yeah, well, I will say I'm coming off of a few months of, of being just burnt out at work, lots going on, but I feel like I'm coming back to life this weekend. I really had a moment to like <laughs> really just cleanse myself of all the mess and everything that has been going on and just settle into my life again. I'm getting back to life and it's fun, you know, and I feel refreshed. I feel cleansed. I feel new. You're, um, you're doing some like real Dana life things yeah, right life now. Yeah, life things. Things that give me life, like gifts and making gifts for my bridesmaids and like planning, you know, trips for the wedding and stuff and like getting excited about spending time with my favorite people. So oh, all so like good. good stuff that I just hadn't had a chance to like lift up and think about in the midst of just like working a lot and pitching a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be back to life. Yeah. What about you? What's, what's happening? Where's your headspace? I mean, in this very moment, I'm really tired today. I don't know. It's 90 degrees out. Mm, AC so is not working hard enough. So I'm a, I'm a little tired and a little like slow, but overall I feel okay. I mean, there's always you know, some kind of drama happening in the background, whether it's like work or life or whatever. But like in the scheme of things, I have to say, I was just really proud of myself this week. We got through a pitch together in Chicago and pitches break everyone. Mm. And I kind of refused to allow to be broken by it. And I'm looking forward to a few weeks of maybe just, you know, rest while I work and get things done. So, so overall I feel... I feel pretty good in this moment. Yeah, I can't I can't complain. Excellent. Cool. Well, we are going to dive into a lot of stuff about work. Brace yourselves and we will do it right after the break. So talk to you soon. So Today we are talking about what it means to be successful and, and how to be a leader. Mm-hmm. We're now in like our early 30s. We have been working together for eight plus years mm-hmm. now. And you know, we're we're kind of in this this limbo of okay, we're still here grinding it out, but we're also taking on leadership positions and mm-hmm. having to be the leader in the room and talk to important people and we have new kinds of pressures so it's a really interesting time for us and and we're learning new things every day every week that we work together we've been in a few agencies now and needless to say we can't help but question society telling us we have to be a certain way to be a leader we have talked to each other about how we're not exactly comfortable or happy with or able to lean into the tropes of what success is supposed to mean or what 
a leader should be and how we have had to really come up against those definitions or those standards or those expectations. Find our own way through it because I think our main thesis is that when we are being told certain things about what success should look like or how it should feel or what it means to be a leader and what you have to do in order to get there and we feel like it's at odds with who we are Mm -hmm. it really forces you to not feel authentic and to feel like you have to perform as you said and so I think you know we're trying to navigate this idea that maybe that's not true maybe there is a way to find success and be a leader by being yourself and by just sharing our perspectives that can free you up a little bit you know whatever industry you're in to sort of interrogate what you've been told about success or how stressed you're feeling about having to level up or adapt yourself to whatever leadership expectations are or success expectations are coming your way because we know we've been feeling that way a lot especially lately at this kind of crossroads in our career and so we hope that just sharing kind of our thoughts on how things should be different or how to see things differently can help yeah I mean data more much more introverted or for our work to speak for itself. Mm. We're never the loudest people in the room. We're sensitive people. <laughs> I don't see that as weakness or anything like that. But, you know, we we really have been pushed to be more than that. And in some ways, it's empowering mm. where they're like, you have permission to be the loudest person in the room. You have permission to share your point of view. And a lot of times in the past, I have looked for permission to do that. But I think the one thing we really do want to push against is like, being told we're too much or too little of something and people not appreciating us for who we are and what we actually can bring to the table. Yeah, and reconcile what we have been told is needed to be successful, what types of people can be successful, what leadership should look like with what's actually right for us. I think one of the biggest things that we are told and that we sort of internalize early on in career is that successful people have a personality type. They have one way of moving through the world. They're loud. They have a point of view. Mm -hmm. Successful people are confident. They are powerful. They step into a room and the atmosphere changes, right? And I think we tend to, as a culture, believe that's what it takes to be a successful person. And I think for both of us, come up against that definition very roughly. <laughs> As you said, you know, I'm the opposite of loud, although my laugh is quite loud <laughs> because I laugh fully. I'm a, not a very loud person. I'm a thinker. I'm not a talker. Mm-hmm. I'm an observer, as you are too. I'm not someone who's just going to speak to speak. I really take in everything that's around me and assess, and I need time and quiet and space to sort of decide what I want to say and everything I say is intentional and meaningful I'm not trying to just speak to be heard and I think that is really that's always been like a sticking point in my career and in my feedback of like you need to speak up more 
you're too nice. You should always have a point of view. That's always a big thing in our industry and I'm sure in, in a lot of others as well. And I think that always feels very unnatural to me because it feels like I can't be successful unless I'm loud, unless I'm the loudest person in the room, unless I always have something to say. Which is just not you. So how are you going to yeah. get there? And it's it's terrifying. It's, it's, it's scary. I think that's always been something I come out of my reviews or I come out of conversations going like I need to be stronger it it signals that I'm weak and that I won't be successful unless I am louder Mm -hmm. and that always feels a little bit like I have to perform I have to put myself out there in a way that I normally wouldn't and I have to fill space which to me is the opposite of my natural inclination I really want to listen and you know say the things that matter and that will actually help i'm dazzled by people who speak you know unabashedly and who are always the first to have a point of view Mm. or the loudest in the room it's it's something we all perk our ears up to you know and it's easy to get lost in the idea of that oh that person knows what they're doing because they are saying something because they are the first to speak up. It's easy to get dazzled by those people that are loud and talkers and have something to say. And not as easy to get wowed and dazzled by the people who are maybe a bit more observant or a bit more quiet or are really taking the time to think. I think we put those people on a pedestal because we believe that they are, you know, that loudness comes with confidence, comes with strength, comes with power, comes with charisma, right? And so we tend to think those are all good amazing things that we all should aspire to and we don't really put as much emphasis or take the time to really evaluate is that person actually providing value or Mm -hmm. and it doesn't sometimes you know you can be loud and you can be providing value Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. can be being confident and amazing but it's hard for then those people who are not as dynamic or assertive in a room to really make their way in the world because people don't see them that way do you ever feel like I I feel like this sometimes. I wonder if you feel like this sometimes that like your work can only speak so much for you and that you have to really put yourself out there, especially now in the world of LinkedIn and social media. It feels like you have to create a persona around yourself a little bit too. How far does the work really go in building your success and how much do you have to also kind of create a a vision of success around yourself? There's nothing wrong with building your own personality so that you stand out. Mm -hmm. But it does not have to be a cutthroat asshole. I I absolutely have a personality that I want to carve out for myself. Mm -hmm. But and it is almost the polar opposite. And to me, that is what differentiates me from the crowd. Mm. Where I'm like, I am a kind person who is human first. I'm a genuine person. I'm a listener. I'm an observer. I'm a person who tries super hard for you. And I will let some of that work speak for myself. Like, to me, that is my version of success. Mm. And that is my personality that I want to be known for. Because there's so many other people who are known for being assholes and making great work. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to realize, like, is that juice worth the fucking squeeze? To work with someone who is so miserable just so that you can get a really good campaign out of them or Mm -hmm. or something like that. Like, no, we need less of those and more of me. Mm -hmm. To be honest, not to sound cocky. But, like, 
I feel very differentiated from the crowd right now. Mm -hmm. And I still deliver good work. Like, so what's the problem? And so what, if that doesn't make me CEO level, maybe I'm not the right person to be the CEO for your company. Maybe somewhere else, maybe my own, where I can instill those fucking values in my team. It doesn't have to be this way. This is almost why the, this podcast exists, so that we can prove that standing up for something different is, is possible and you can succeed. You touched on something really interesting of just like our, the difference between we almost have a very individualistic representation of success that has been ingrained in us, like the visionary leader who is hard and tough, but confident and amazing and so inspiring that they like lead you into the future and you'll follow them and do anything for them. That's a very individualized version of success. And yet we all kind of like aspire to be that like visionary leader that people love and and respect, right? But there's also so much that's rewarding in thinking of success as a collective effort. And that's kind of what you're saying of you really views the success of being able to collaborate with your team and being trusted and being genuine and fighting for others. Like all of those words were words that you use to describe your success. And that comes from much more of a collaborative orientation towards success that when I'm successful because I'm helping others or because we're all at our best fighting for the same thing. And I, I love that. I do feel like measuring your success and how your relationships are at work and how much you are feeling a sense of goodness and openness and trust with your people is really powerful versus measuring it in just how am I doing? How am I getting ahead? Mm. What's the next rung for me? What's my next reward or output? It's easy to get caught up and obsessed with, but I, I love looking at it that way. Yeah, to me, it's like, and I just hold like, a, this is one of the things where my therapist is like, you are a salmon swimming upstream while mm. everyone else is swimming downstream. Because I think a lot of people have that mentality of like, they have to be the biggest, the baddest in the room. But to me, like, our industry, we work as a team. What is the point of being good at your job if no one wants to work with you? Mm-hmm. There's no fucking point. Bottom line you will get kicked out. Like you, like no one gives a shit. Like if you, if you're rude, if you bring the vibes down, whatever it is, like I don't really give a shit where you went to school or what you learned or whatever. I don't want to work with you and you're shutting 90% of the rest of the team down. So what's the fucking point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I think leads us to kind of another challenge with success is that it, it feels like to be successful, you have to sacrifice. It's either you have to give everything to your team, give everything to the agency, give everything to the company, give everything to the cause, and put yourself on the back burner. And in the process, sort of sacrifice being human and being a team player and being being for those people who are actually working with you day in and day out. And I, I do think we sort of equate success with sacrifice in so many ways whether it's you know in terms of work-life balance and how that doesn't actually exist we're conditioned to believe that success requires sacrifice Mm -hmm. and that you can't really balance it all oh this one's tough (laughs) this one's really tough because we are like over sacrificers most of the time 
you would and you I. Say? Yeah. 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 Because we want to do right by everybody. Yes. We want to have the company do well. We want to have the team do well. We want ourselves to do well. And so some, you can't have it all, right? Some of those things, in, inevitably, something has to give, right? So yeah, it, it is hard to be someone who wants to do well and give 100% all the time and who is so, so, so collectively minded to, to be successful without sacrifice. I feel like we are definitely the kinds of people to preach like, oh, put yourself first, even if we're the bad examples of it or whatever. So big question, but like what's, what are the things that are holding you back from putting yourself first in, in regards to like sacrificing less? Is it, mm-hmm. is it people's perception of you? Is it you not climbing the ladder? Is it you, what is it? I think it's definitely, a lot of it is, people's perception of me I really like the idea that people see me as someone who will always jump in and will always be there to help and is very dependable and not afraid of a little hard work I like having built up that reputation I want to be seen as this pillar of like excellence for everyone for myself and for others I think even just like being away on vacation for a little bit sometimes I come back and realize that like people can work out the same problems that I'm working out by myself it just might take them a little bit longer Mm. or might take some more winding roads than I would like it to but it doesn't mean they don't get to the same answer it doesn't mean that they're not capable but it should also remind me that like my team is capable and that other people are capable of amazing things and they don't I'm not I think it's also like a a bit of an inflated sense of self right that I'm needed for everything that I'm essential that people depend on me because I get off on that I I get excited about that I want people to want to be around me and to know that I'm their partner and engaged and and helpful but yeah I think it's a double-edged sword it all comes with like good intention yeah like so you know that like sometimes the winding roads to get to the answer like we we don't have time for that Mm -hmm. but yeah it's definitely a hard part of being a leader and managing others is allowing them the space to get to the conclusion themselves or you know having them try it more than once to get to the right answer Mm -hmm. and being like oh man I know this is gonna suck for them I could just give them the answer right here but that's how people learn yeah that's how people grow for sure I've been struggling a lot with like work life balance and like feeling like I've had to sacrifice my life or my you know off work duty hours for work and vice versa and not being able to figure out how how to balance it effectively like how do you balance like the idea of yeah not sacrificing yourself for work but in some cases also realizing work has to come first in your life when I was a wee wee little account person wee baby <laughs> wee baby that when I became a director that that would be a point of success that I was like wow like I made it here now now that I'm here I do have other things to live for and that has been a huge part of my early 30s because I was getting so burnt out of being just all about work and I realized I would go to social things and all I would have to talk about was work and Mm -hmm. that's such a bummer. So, you know, whether it was starting my Italian lessons or traveling more or starting this podcast, like I am now carving out time for things that I really, really care about 
and I have to say work can wait or actually I'm going to work on this tomorrow morning because tonight I have to do my homework or just mm-hmm. shifting around the, the time spent on work to fit in other things that feel so true to me and feel important to me is a good way of like separating myself from the work and having the balance. Yeah, I think there's like some people that can do that make it seem so easy. They're out there like working crazy hours, they're winning, they're closing meetings, they're doing amazing stuff, they're getting up at 5 a.m., they're working really hard, then they're going out and having a great time, and they're on Instagram with their family, with their friends, they do it all, right? And I think that sometimes becomes this like toxic version of success because it tells us that we can and should be able to do it all. It is also part of, I think, our context of being in New York and being in this culture that's very much about like, you need to constantly be leveling up and you need to be doing more, not only in work, but in life. And if you're not stepping into something before you're ready, if you're not constantly flexing and growing, then you're complacent. It sort of feels shameful. It's like, why are you just resting? I think a lot about like what if sitting still and just being complacent and being present in your moment where you are your level where you're at is a good thing sometimes you need to be able to feel comfortable in your role and feel like you have a handle (laughs) on it right and and feel like you know you can balance what you're doing and and you can win some things and you can do well at things but you can also live your life what if that need to coast is just as important as the need to grind, right? Yeah. We have these ebbs and flows in our careers and our day-to-day naturally. So why don't we afford our bodies and our minds and our careers, our, our professional you know, mindset, that ebb and flow as well, right? right? I think it also goes back to us equating success with a linear journey, right? You have to move up the ladder, literally, Mm -hmm. or up the mountain, right? Mm -hmm. Your level needs to increase over time. And I don't think within that model, we allow ourselves the space to kind of explore or really hone your skills or really craft, right? Or play or explore within what you're currently doing. And to your point, I think we we push complacency and taking rest and sitting still into a bad place when really it's something that is absolutely necessary to help fight that burnout. 100%. And I think we, we live inevitably in a lot of extremes right Mm. there's either yeah you're hustling you're grinding that's success right we've also been told recently I think you know in the last few years and with the pandemic and everything there's this book right about how to do nothing right we've also been told do nothing for a little bit Mm -hmm. it's okay to not do anything it's a sort of in response to productivity culture right Mm -hmm. we're either super highly effective and productive or hey Reminder, you you can do nothing. And I I think that harms us in a way. It's good because we're being reminded like, hey, those moments of downtime are good. You don't always have to be productive to be a good person or to be successful. But I think we almost lose the entire middle of the spectrum of like, you can eat, you doesn't have to be a binary. You can either be really productive or do nothing. There's so much in between mm-hmm. that we actually need to be, that's where we need to be mm-hmm. of exploring how do you live and work. And I think that ebb and flow is so important. We, you, you almost need that. That's what balance is. It's not 
work this amount of time, live this amount of time, either I'm or either working or living, which sometimes I live that way. I think of my work as like, well, from 9 a.m. until 7 p.m., I'm working. That's work. There's no living happening in that in those that time frame. I was telling my therapist the other day, like, well, the weekend's going to be over in like just a flash because, you know, I'm going to wake up on Saturday, I'm going to work out, and then it's going to be two o'clock, and then I'm going to make dinner, and then I'm going to go and watch some TV and blend into the couch, and then I'm going to wake up on Sunday, and I'm going to get the Sunday scaries, and then it's going to be Monday. Mm. It's going to be over. And she was just like, why are you thinking about your weekend in that schedule? And it was because it's like the adrenaline of the week where I'm going, 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 and I'm saying task, 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 task. So I was treating the weekend that way too. I've, I've had similar conversations with my therapist where she's like, it can't just be the binary. Um, mm-hmm. Because I used to tell her I have two weeks out of the year to live my life. And Ugh. those two weeks are on vacation. And she's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you just reduced your life into two, two weeks. weeks. Like, that's a fucking problem. And she's like, you need to incorporate more of your life, more of your fun into your week. And it starts with setting boundaries, Mm -hmm. you know? And for years, I didn't schedule weeknight plans and things like that Mm -hmm. because I was like, I do not want to feel an ounce of being tired or hungover the next day. I can't do that to my team. I won't show up as my best. Someone's going to notice and people are going to think I'm not worth it. And um, luckily, you know, now that we're in this role, if we have an off day or an off meeting, like people know we're still good for it. So I feel a little bit more comfortable now also like in incorporating that. But it's also because I've been a director for a while now. And now I'm just like, I know what I'm doing. Mm. So I'm just like fine tuning. Um making myself better at the position. And so, yeah, if I incorporate a little bit of my life, I'm a little bit tired the next day or whatever, so be it. I'm still going to show up and do the work and people know that I'm good for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now I can start to incorporate other life things. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's been very helpful for me. What are some of the things you've been told that you need to do or be more of or less of in order to be successful in your role? Without question, (laughs) the biggest one that grinds my gears is being told that I'm too nice. Mm. God forbid. I understand that in order to lead a team, you have to speak the truth. I understand you have to push for really good work. I understand that sometimes you just have to say, give me the ball Mm -hmm. and I'll do it. I understand all those things, and I have actually done all those things before. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I, I'm not like a very cutting person. I'm very careful about how I explain things, the tone of my voice, trying to be uplifting in times that people might be doubting themselves because they know they've done something wrong. I give people the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. when something is really, really wrong and, it, and it's on someone else. You know, I have no problems calling that out, but I also have no doubt that a lot of people in this world are very hard on themselves. So whenever I have to course correct or anything like that, I try not to make things the end of the world because I I know how that feels when you've done something wrong and your boss knows it and you know it. It's such a terrible feeling that has made me 
go home and cry at night so many times mm. before as I, you know, climbed my way up the ladder. So yeah, a lot of times I'm, I'm told I'm too nice because I do give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I'm not going to take the blame for something that didn't go well if, if it wasn't my fault, and I'll make that very clear. But I do also acknowledge team effort. And yeah, I think they don't think I can be quote-unquote cutthroat. But again, I don't want to be cutthroat. Mm-hmm. That's not my agenda. It's, it's about being transparent. It's about collaboration. It's about getting the best out of each other. And I just don't think that people trust someone who can be cutthroat. Mm-hmm. So how are you supposed to get the best out of anyone? Yeah. And I just want to make sure everyone has an enjoyable experience. You know, these are people's lives. Yeah. I'm not here to fuck up someone's life or make them feel bad about themselves or make them question their worth or anything like that. Like, we all have to be teaching each other something all of the time. We have to lift each other up. Like, life is hard enough. I don't want to make work even harder for people. So it's funny because people think I'm too nice. People think I'm too sensitive but in a way me living out those values is what makes me tough because Mm -hmm. as we've been talking about this whole time people expect leaders to be cutthroat and mean and aggressive and loud and like maybe even throw you under the bus sometimes to preserve their own name and to me standing up against those things is what makes me strong Mm -hmm. and what's and is what makes me a good leader because I am showing there's a different way to lead. So I, I feel very strong. I feel very tough in, in my kindness. Mm. And I don't want to be any other way. And you can fire me. <laughs> and I feel tough for saying that. You know, you can yeah. fire me if you don't like how I'm doing it. But I'm not going to fuck up my life or anyone else's in the name of work and fucking capitalism. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and when did nice become such a dirty word too? It's just like, I mean, it means nothing. And when you give it in feedback, it's like hard to say what you even mean by that. Don't we all just want to be good humans and work with good people? And part of that is being nice. Part of that is playing nice, being friendly, being compassionate, being empathetic, understanding that everyone, you know, is hard on themselves. I would imagine that when you're getting the feedback of like, you're too nice, it's it's so much more also about like being emotional or being sensitive or not being confrontational, right? Not mm. just, oh, you're too nice to people in general, right? Which is a part of it's it. True. But I think that's the piece about leadership that I struggle with is the idea that you need to be able to be confrontational in a certain way that's a um, and, for sure. and confrontational way that's not nice or not agreeable and I think so much of our personalities is to always approach people with an open mind I'm going to be open to your perspective and your needs and I'm going to help and we're going right. to figure it out together so I, I think sometimes that can come off as too nice instead of just saying no this is how we're going to do things or you know being more direct with them about I don't understand what you're saying or where you're coming from yeah. but but yeah I I think it sucks that that has become a catch-all for not just being a certain type of confrontational leader. I think you and I are people who will always approach things with an open mind and a caring and compassionate perspective and will be empathetic to people, but that doesn't make us any less of a leader. Actually, I think that makes you more of a leader because you can see 
other people's perspectives. You can see what else is going on, the context around everything. And you know your place and you know when to push and when not to. Like that nuance is super important. And to a certain extent, so much of good leadership lives in that nuance and being able to understand your people fully. I am extremely sensitive, but that doesn't mean I'm weak or I can't do this job or being nice is going to set me back. I don't even understand how you could associate that with weakness when a lot of people do. If you are sensitive and you are still willing to work through it to get to the best result for your job, like that is strength Mm -hmm. to be like, I am feeling all of the things. I am really sad right now or this really hurt me and I'm still going to come through. Mm Like, God forbid, I'm a human being with feelings, but I'm still going to come through. Yeah. Also, being sensitive is not just about being emotional. Being sensitive is about, again, that nuance, like being aware. Yeah. Being tuned in to how people around you are feeling or reacting or what the dynamics are at play like being sensitive is a superpower and that it allows us to read the room in a different way you see between the lines read between the lines even just the awareness of people's body language Mm -hmm. or the double meaning behind a phrase that someone's saying or whatever like because you are listening Mm. and you're using your sensitivity to really read what's happening and if all you're doing is talking and being the loudest in the room, how could you ever pick up on all of those things? Mm -hmm. And when you're in client services, that is everything to pick up on all the small little Mm -hmm. bits of what your client's saying and doing. So yeah, 100% a superpower. And then in regards to the confrontation thing, not gonna lie, could be better at that. I think that's something I'm fine tuning not saying I'm perfect, but I also just handle confrontations differently mm-hmm. than my bosses have handled confrontations. They're not afraid to have a confrontation straight up in the room with everyone. I just don't roll like that, but I will never avoid it. If, if it's something where like the work cannot move forward until this discussion needs to be had, I have no problem, but I'm very particular about the time and the place that I do it. Mm-hmm. And because I'm very sensitive to confrontations myself, I think about how I would like to be treated in a confrontation, which is definitely not in front of a full room of people. And I pick a very just select group and, and time and place and do it with consideration and care. What sucks about that in particular for me is that then people don't get to see my confrontations. Mm. I don't get to show people I'm the big boss in charge because I can have a conversation with an audience. No, I, I put a private room together and a private discussion together because I think that's what that person deserves. And also that's what I feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But... You can ask anyone I've ever worked with. I don't think I have a bad relationship with almost anyone I've ever worked with because I give them that consideration, that time and that space to have the hard conversations. So like, I don't know, is doing things differently the bad thing? Maybe not. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think we are often, well, first I will say 100% agree. We could poll everyone Katie's ever worked with (laughs) And every single one of them would say, I respect the hell out of that 
queen. <laughs> she is so great and just oh, you you build you. you build your success truly through your relationships. And not that not saying that your work isn't amazing and your work isn't cr- incredible work. and your output is incredible, but you really craft your success through the way that you treat people and and the way that you show up for people to your point earlier and I I think that is absolutely an amazing thing to see and watch every day and be inspired by people totally respect you and love you and you leave only a path of love and compassion behind you and it shows so first to say that and second I think we are often in a position where we think the way that I become a leader is to emulate Mm -hmm. the leaders I've had. Mm -hmm. And that logic makes total sense because, yeah, you look up to these people, you've learned from these people, you've been influenced by these people. And if you've, you know, had a good experience or remotely an effective experience, you take cues from them. Mm -hmm. And some of that is just internalized. Like we have no control over how influential they are in our lives. And we just suddenly start to behave like them, right? Because that's what we know. It's just like parenting and how you grow up with your parents, right? Your leaders are your second, you know, parents in a way. Mm -hmm. And some of it is learned. And we say, okay, we know that's effective. We can see that that's demonstrating results. Their behavior is demonstrating results. So I should follow that. And I think it really takes... Uh, getting to this point in your career where you're starting to become your own leader, at least for us, where we've really started to question and say, actually, is this the way that I want to act? Mm. Is this the way I have to act Mm -hmm. to be successful? Maybe I want to approach leadership differently. Maybe there are things that I really like that my boss does but also some things that I really don't like or that that don't feel comfortable for me, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's not, not attacking our bosses, but just saying, you know, I think it's important to emulate what you've learned and absolutely, you know, take what you've learned from your manager because they are really helping you grow and they have your best interest at heart, hopefully. And you do learn great things from the people who teach you and who guide you and are your mentor. But I think it's also really important to sit with what are the things that made me uncomfortable or that don't suit me and my style and decide what you want to change and why you want to change it and how you would want to be a leader. But I think we oftentimes get stuck in just this idea that like that person is successful, so I need to be exactly like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really hard and that takes a lot of strength to then craft your own sense of leadership because it also comes with a lot of self-doubt. You're like, well, that worked. Why do I feel so weird being that confrontational or what is wrong with me that I'm not able to yeah well will my boss see me as a leader just like they are if I act differently right and that can be really debilitating and and sad because it feels like you again you have to turn away from yourself in a way and turn away from your instincts and behave like someone else or adopt behaviors of someone else just to succeed. Right. And that's an an icky feeling. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Big props to, you know, any leader or boss I've had. I've had a few now that are like, we're really different, but I see you Mm -hmm. and you do good work. And like, and like just to hear that acknowledgement definitely empowers you to keep going and doing what you're doing. And I think that's such a valuable message from like manager to their. And that's probably a message a lot of leaders aren't very good at, right? I don't think 
a lot of leaders are good at what you just said. No, like, I recognize you're different from me. Yeah. And I accept that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. I think you learn from the bad. You learn from the good. But ultimately, what's most important is figuring out your own leadership style and really taking the time to carve that out instead of just emulating or just picking up what you've what you've been given. And also, hopefully, not just feeling trapped. Like, I have to be like this person and I think that's why it's so important to interrogate like how you want to be a leader and to figure out what you want to steal and what you want to leave behind and what works for you and what doesn't so tell me what is your definition of success and leadership (sighs) big big question I think I'm still figuring it out for sure but I would hope that success is not just about creating amazing work I think it has to be about that your product has to be good and that's what been so much of my career has been focused on is creating the best output the best work quality work but I think it also for me I'm realizing that I can't be successful without a really great team and without a team that I trust and that I care about and that genuinely supports each other also I think realizing that I can't be successful I can't be at my best unless I am feeding myself unless I am doing my best at work and finding space in life too because Mm -hmm. if I'm not inspired if I'm not aware if I'm not present I'm just not gonna be as successful as I would hope and what about you what how do you define success and leadership (laughs) Katie I think I think we're kind of saying the same things for me kind of as I was saying at the top of this conversation, success to me is about my life holistically. Mm. Work is a part of it. And does work fulfill me in some kind of way? Or like, can I live out some of my purpose in my work? Yes. Do I have enough money to live the life that I want? Sure, I could always have more. (laughs) But like, am I okay right now? Thankfully, yes. And work is a fraction of my life overall. And I, I have to position it that way right now. I know this conversation is specifically about success in work, but I really w- actually want to hold that boundary mm-hmm. for myself of like success is so much bigger than the nine to five. And I have the things that provide for me right now. And if anything, more success at work means more boundaries, more infusing my beliefs and purpose and into what I do and making sure, you know, of course the business always does well. That's a huge part of my job. And it's very cool to say that you've built a business, but that we've done it in the right way, in a human way through my beliefs. So that is success for me. And then leadership, as I've kind of been describing throughout the conversation, it'll always be human first. I really believe that you can't get anywhere without a team and trust And the only way to do that is to have real genuine relationships with people so that you can get the best out of it. There's no time, especially in New York City, or there's no place for weak links. Mm. Like, so we really have to be genuinely pushing each other with good intentions to get to the best work. And so for me, it's always how do I keep that kind of wheel going in a positive way that lifts each other up so that we're willing to take risks together and we're willing to push each other. So for me, that's what I'm going to keep doing as, as a leader. I love that. I love that. Thank you. All right. So I think this concludes our conversation around work yes, and leadership. Not, won't be the last. Won't be the last. Definitely Just not the, the last. Should we do our pop-up after a break? 
Yeah, let's do it after the break. Be right back. All right. <laughs> it's time for that moment where we pop off about something that we're just like, is it just me? And no, it isn't. Or it shouldn't be. For one minute. So I'm going to let Katie go first. She's got one minute to pop off about something. What's it going to be? You ready, Katie? Yeah. Your time (laughs) starts now. Okay. Is it just me or am I probably going to turn into a cougar at some point in my life? Okay. So I am really tired of having people say that women only date older. Women are looking for the silver fox. Women are looking for the provider. And as I was explaining to Dana, you know, I don't need a daddy. I am daddy. She's daddy. She is daddy. Call her daddy. Thank you. Call her daddy. (laughs) But like, Seriously, like, I think it's very cute that younger guys are starting to date older women. Think R.I.P. Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. But like, what was that? 12 years difference. I'm not looking at my wingspan isn't that big. I mean, I'm only 32. But like, let's be real. Like, younger guys are super cute. They'll follow you around and do what you say. And you know what? The power dynamic between men and women are different. So let me have this. And also, Nate, I, I do love you. And thank you for looking like you're, you know, 25 forever. Mm. So, Oh, yes. Thank you, Nate. Thank you, Nate. Bless us, Nate. <laughs> thank you. I love it. I don't think it is just you. You are going to be a cougar someday. Yeah. I, I, think, think, you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. Hopefully it's not just me. Hopefully I have a bunch of cougar yeah. friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I think you're going to usher it in. Thank new you. era of cougar life. I love that. I, I don't... Yeah, silver foxes are like... Totally great and wonderful. And I'm not going to say no. I'm just saying I do have a, a wingspan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of a handful Younger. of years. Yeah, yeah, I love it. We all need a little bit of permission. So I got you. got to get out there and get us started. Yeah, <laughs> happy to do it. All right. All right. Are you, are you ready for I, your pop-off? I am, I am ready in theory. We'll see how in this goes. Theory. I, I, yeah, but it's always in theory until we start talking. Hold on one second. Let me get the timer. Oh my god. All right, you ready? Yes. Okay. <laughs> ready? Set. Go. I'm going to try to fit two in here. Okay, we're talking about leadership today. All right, let's talk about who are some cultural leaders out here that need to be acting like better leaders, the Kardashians, okay? Because they're out here getting all thin-like. And you know what? It's triggering for all us girls who grew up with Seventeen Magazine and grew up with Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton and and Nicole Richie getting all skinny and wearing low-rise jeans and destroying their bodies and their mental and emotional health with eating disorders, like... The Kardashians need to do better. They need to understand that they are leaders of female well-being and female culture, and they need to not terrorize us. Okay, that's my first one. The other leaders that are unsung here are... This is totally random. Okay, let's talk about Mel C. Let's talk about Mel C of the Spice Girls. AJ McLean of fucking Backstreet Boys. Okay, the unsung leaders of those groups. Truly the only talent. The only talent! And they're unsung. Okay, those are true leaders leading a group. Okay? So the Kardashians need to recognize that they're leaders and they need to do better, okay? And <laughs> Mel C and AJ and all of these wonderful folk who are the unsung leaders of their boy group, girl group, need to get some 
props for being true leaders of their groups. You need to talk about leading with empathy because they they sacrificed talent. truly. Yeah. Sacrifice. They talent. were the only talented hoes in those groups and they were not the stars. And that was sacrifice. And they really like took their check and they went and did it and they took you know their check. I'm glad for them. Anyway, those are my two leaders, two spectrums of leaders I need to shocked you just put two in one where there I'm are not, times where you have done I couldn't decide and, and they're both about leaders. There was a through line. I there was that. connection. They're, they're it's leaders. fine. I did it. It was fine. Oh my god, good job. Good job everyone. Oh my god, we're we're tired today. Oh. I don't feel like a leader today. You, you, you showed up though. You showed up though thank you for that oh, well, well until <laughs> well <I'm not> <laughs> until next time folks thanks for listening <laughs> i love you bye bye